start the journey without distance and start to get to reconnect with themselves. That that term self-connection leads to self-realization. Who am I? Who truly am I? Welcome to the Chai Chat Podcast, solutions for empowered living, engaging, educating, empowering. Each week, your host, Tarun Puri, author of Finding the Guru Within, and Steve Harvey, mindset mentor to A-list celebrities and stars, bring a combined expertise of over six decades in mentoring, coaching, and inspiring positive solutions to the negatives which keep us stuck and unhappy. With a focus on solutions versus problems, in each episode, they discuss topics relevant to the human condition, which challenge us from moving forward into positive growth and ultimate freedom. Through stream-of-consciousness unscripted dialogue and inquiry, they provide practical, deep, and actionable insights to support you in creating and living a happy, successful, fulfilled life. Join us each week and learn how to access your own inner GPS, your guru positioning system, which comes preset with all the solutions you need for empowered living. Living a life of ease versus effort is only a thought away. Let us show you what works and what doesn't. Welcome to Chai Chat. I am Tarun Puri. And I'm Steve Harvey. And in today's episode, we're tackling a huge topic, uh, one that has spanned centuries or millennia. And that is the topic of being individual, but not separate. Let me say that again, being individual, but not separate. And really, it's about moving past us versus them. When I researched for my book, I found a very interesting statistic. And I had a couple of versions of it. But regardless of the version, Steve, I think that it was quite um, uh, mind-opening that 80 to 90% of humanity in recorded history has been at war. Some kind of conflict, fight, struggle, us versus them scenario. And yet, I don't know about you, but I tend to think of myself as a peace-loving and a peaceful person and a civilized person and and you know, and and a tolerant and an accepting and all of those wonderful things. But how can that be? Because when we look at the big picture and we look at that, the us versus them has ruled for millennia. And so today, I don't know if we were uh, brave enough or just silly enough (laughs) to want to tackle this topic, individual but not separate. It's not only a play on words. It, there's a depth to that and uh, that concept. And I would love to chat with you a little bit on, I guess, our own respective journeys in learning. When when did that become even more and more apparent in our lives? You know, when you're young, when you're growing up, you're you're individuating. You are getting a sense of me, myself, and I. You know, when there's a baby born, uh, the baby doesn't even know that it has parts to itself. And then one day it kind of, you know, waves its hand and goes, oh my God, what is that in front of me? Right? Oh my gosh. And then they start to individuate and go, that's my hand. It has something to do with me, right? And this is how the whole process begins as we have self-discovery at the physical level at the human consciousness level. So you can see how the individuation process begins. And I think importantly so. Yet, if I wanted to look at the kind of the, the, the uh, I guess the, the big picture uh, of what I'm saying when I talk about us being individual but not separate, I have found over the, decades now, uh, that 
we are so intimately connected with all of creation. Okay, we talk with humanity and other human beings and people, but I'm talking plants, trees, animals. Uh, we are so interconnected with all of nature. And that the more and more I recognized that every thought that I had was a transmission. It wasn't personal. It wasn't private. That a thought actually transmits. That there's a communication taking place at so many levels, uh, whether I'm conscious of it or not. So what I started to observe was how connected I was as an individual in my thinking to my world around me. And the deeper I looked, the, the, the more layers I um, uncovered, the more I realized that, oh my gosh, so much of what's happening to me, around me, you know, above me, below me, beside me, has a lot more to do with me than I ever gave it credit. And as I explored that at a deeper level and I, I reflected on it, I recognized that, oh my gosh, yes, I'm an individual. I mean, in the human consciousness, I am an individual. I can look in the mirror and say, there's a reflection of me, an individual. And I can look at you and go, there's an individual. But the error happens when I think I'm an individual, Steve's an individual, and we are separate. I think this is where the error in judgment, in perception happens. Really, I call it the play of Maya. You know, I talk in chapter four of my book yeah. about Maya. What is Maya? Maya is the <clears throat> fact of the illusion. Maya is the matrix. It's the framework within which we have taken form. And why have we taken form from a place of oneness and wholeness? So we can appreciate our oneness and wholeness. And so we can also experience being many other things. It's like water. We have water. Water is water. Big deal. But when it's in the form of ice, it has a very specific persona. It has certain qualities to it and characteristics. And because of those qualities and characteristics, it can deliver a different experience than its cousin or its other self, steam, vapor. Again, it's just water, really. I mean, I mean, any, any chemist, biologist, they'll say to you, that's true, and you're just talking, I'll give you the formula. Here is the code. But I'm going, no, no, no. No, it's got nothing to do with water. It's steam. Let me describe it to you. It's hot, right? And if you get too close to it, you can really get hurt. And, and you can kind of see it, but not. And it disappears. And it's kind of ghostly. And, and so I'm giving you, again, a description of a persona. Yet, if we pull back and, you know, the, water's, uh, the water is there, as the source, and yet the ice says, I have nothing to do with water. <laughs> you know, and the steam says, I have nothing to do with water. I'm steam, okay? I think that's what has happened here. We've become individualized manifestations of the oneness of soul, of spirit. And we have forgotten that I am that. And that I'm not separate from it. I cannot be because the very core of who I am, the very uh, energy that has created me is the same energy that has created you. And therefore, we're made of the same fabric, if you will. Same tartan, if you go to your country. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So those are just some preliminary thoughts around this. I uh, Jump in a little bit. Uh, what do you, yeah. what is your, what's your thought about all of this? When I hear you talking about the personas, you know, I can't help but think of, uh, you know, actors that take on different roles in different movies. Um, it's still the same person that's behind that mask of the cowboy, the the bank robber, the politician, you know, um, yes. Yes. James Bond. But yes. who really is it that's playing out those different personas? You know, and I think... I like to come back to, you know, that everything is oneness and, yeah, we are individual, but we're not separate. And to always be mindful of no matter what we say and do, it doesn't only impact ourselves. 
because of that interconnectedness. And that's why I love the, the, the quote that says, the true experience of love is the experience of the absence of separation. Oh, and if beautiful. Love, if love is the absence of self or others, then how could a separate self either love or be lovable? I so 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 beyond those, it's you are love. Basically, you are exactly. it. Exactly. All there is is love. You know, and I again when we see ourselves as separate, I love, you know, because I, I do a lot of the work of Byron and Katie. Uh, there's a great quote that Katie says, and that is that no two people have ever met. All we ever meet is a story about one another. And when you mm. change the story, you change that relationship. So there is no other. There only is oneness. But the moment we come from a place of separateness, it becomes, as you said earlier on, the us versus them. And it's, it's so insidious. It's difficult in these discussions not to talk about our current day world because obviously we're living in it. But I really wanted to take that macro perspective and and say this has been lifetimes. This has been decades and, and centuries and millennia where country to country, county to county, okay, north to south, south to north, you know, east to west, uh, we have this desire to carve things up into counties and territories and and and, and neighborhoods and and streets and there's this there's this need almost right to create well I live you know the city I live in I mean I've always lived on the south side right and I wouldn't dare dare think <laughs> ever that I would move even if you gave me the best deal in town I'm I'm not apt to move to the north side I mean a very mundane kind of, uh, you know, but my identification of me and who I am and in my community in this part of the city is on the south side of this city. It's it's just very interesting to think, wow, and then there's those people on the north side, right? Like, they're not like me. I mean, who the heck would live up there when it's so much better down here, right? See, I mean, something so insignificant, and yet how many times in our lives do we walk around totally unaware how self-centered we are? How mm. our thinking and our decisions, because I see a lot of meanness in the world. I see a lot of selfishness. And I, I see a lot of greed at play. Now, maybe it's because of the kind of work I do, <laughs> you know. But I see people either totally unaware because they become so ego-identified, uh, and so they're not, it's not that they're intentionally going out to be hurtful, unkind, um, and step over others. It's just that in their awareness, uh, it's about them. It's a private world. Their thoughts are private. What they do, nobody's business. And, uh, and uh, you know, so if they choose to do something, oh, well, I'm not hurting my neighbor. Like in that very limited time and space and self-centered Awareness. Uh, you know, I teach, um, and I have been for millennia teaching uh, the class and the course in energetics, and I've been working with bringing the awareness to the forefront for my my students in, in showing them how interconnected mm -hmm. we really are. And to do that, I talk about everything being energy, all our thoughts uh, about ourselves all our thoughts about each other, all our thoughts um, about topics um, and our judgments. So ultimately what I do by about, you know, three quarters of the way through the two-day training is I, I bring out the dizing rods, the energy detection rods, uh, the aura rods, call them what you will. And I make it visually impactful to the individual, I'll ask for a volunteer, and I'll say, you've experienced all kinds of energy techniques this weekend. We have played with grounding and centering and, and imagining this and feeling that and undoing this and doing that and sitting across each other. And you've had different experiences. 
I'm going to try to make this as real for you visually because, you know, we're a very visual world. We become a world that used to be, you know, believing was seeing. If you believed it, you had faith, you were shown. In the last, well, during my lifetime anyways, that seeing is believing. Unless you show it to me, I'm sorry, I will not, you know, believe. So I've been on a quest to make energy real and our thoughts real. And the understanding... (laughs) of how connected we really are, real. And I do that by doing the energy uh, demonstration where I'll have you stand there, Stephen. I'll have you have a thought and actually have a thought that is untrue, a lie that you say. And we'll show what it does to your energy, whether it expands it or contracts it. Then we'll have you have a positive thought or think about grandchildren or you know your, your maid. Or, um, and then we'll have you send a thought out in the room and we'll have people in the room project their thoughts about you, kind ones and unkind ones. Mm -hmm. And through these wonderful little energy rods, we show you that from 10, 15, 20 feet away, the impact that I am having as an individual in a room by just simply having personal thoughts in the form of judgments or in the form of blessings. Like when somebody says, please pray if somebody's not well, it's amazing how powerful that is. Yeah. <clears throat> so it shows how connected we really are uh, energetically and, and, yeah. and every thought. And yet the monkey mind, the ego-identified mind that's drunk on this idea of, well, um, it's, not, it's just my business and I don't really care. And yes, I can do this because, you know, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't impact me. And then people go and do things, as you see in this world right now. There's a huge divide and conquer happening. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, you know, the, the cause of all our suffering is seeing ourselves separate from one another and separate from a creator, universe, God, grand organizing designer, whatever name you want to give like it. That. Um, you know, it's I like the, the analogy of you know two friends and go out in a fishing boat, a little rowing boat, and when they reach the middle of the lake, one man you know surprises the other by uh, drilling a hole in the bottom of the boat. Really? <laughs> and the other guy starts screaming Stop. at his body and says, "What on earth are you doing?" And the second man just looks at him quite calmly and replies, "Don't worry." It's only under my seat. (laughs) But, you know, we're all in the same boat. And this is where, you know, it's like people burning garbage upstream or up the hill, and they don't realize that the fumes from that garbage are being blown downstream uh, by the winds and polluting polluting all the people in the homes downstream. That's right. And and this is what people are doing. Well, I'm getting rid of my garbage. No, my... My backyard's clean. I've burned all the rubbish. Uh, that's right. But that's again, right. that's the decisions that we need to, before making that decision, we need to ask ourselves, how is it going to affect other people? Mm-hmm. No, because what we do to ourselves, we affect everyone else indirectly. I think I remember, I'm not going to paraphrase it here, but I remember Deepak Chopra saying something about if a butterfly was to flap its wings in Sydney, Australia, it could create a sandstorm in the Sahara Desert. Wow. Wow. That's, you know? again, that's that's huge, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and look at quantum physics. Yeah. You know, they have that um, concept of, uh, I think it's called uh, quantum entanglement, I believe. I'm, I'm sure our physicists out there will write to me. And, uh, and, and But something <laughs> to the effect that if, you know, there's an atom or something doing its little dance, over here, I mean, literally millions, thousands, hundreds of thousands of miles miles away, guess what? There's a correlating yeah. particle that is mirroring that, that exact same. They're in communication. Yeah. So this whole time-space paradigm that's been created, this 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 matrix, if you will, of time and space, I think has been created to help us 
to individuate in order to appreciate our oneness. Right? It's it's like it's it's because when you're just have always been whole or one unified, a part of a whole. Um, how do you really know that until you have experienced yourself in different manifestations as less than whole, or maybe a part of that whole? And then I th I feel that the challenge for us is to stay connected to that wholeness and the knowing that every decision I make is impacting the world, that I am so incredibly powerful. Because people say to me, Tarun, the world is going to pot right now. And I, you know, what am I going to do? I feel so powerless. I don't have the ability to go and, you know, do this and do that. And I don't have the money to do that. And I, and, and I just say to them, I said, do you realize that as an individual, as part of co-creation, as part of the whole, every thought you're having is impacting the group mind, if you will, or the larger reality. Yeah. So this is how we evolve in consciousness. Yeah. So we might not feel that we can have an impact on transforming the world, but reality, what we should focus on is transforming ourselves. And in 100%. doing so, we transform the world. A hundred percent. It can't be yeah. any other way. Yeah. It's like if we're all fibers in the same tapestry and, and so, you know, we change the weave one fiber at a time, the tapestry changes. Yeah. You know, and this is where I think the ascension process or moving into a higher consciousness or or creating a kinder world, creating a more supportive world. However we look at this, however we look outside our doors and windows and say, you know what, something's not working here. Uh, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of disharmony. Uh, there's a, a lot of judgment. And it doesn't have to be that way. So clearly, when we bring out our magic mirrors, which we do every time, I will ask myself that question. Where do I feel the pain inside of me? Where do I feel that I have disconnected from me? Right? Where have I disconnected from God of my heart is what I call it. The, again, the inner guru, higher power, my soul. Yeah. And, and because it's only when I when I disconnected from my, my mastery, from that, that part of me that is the oversoul, uh, uh, that I start to feel separation. And when I feel separation on the inside, then I try everything on the outside to fill that void because it's not in my nature to feel separation. Yeah. So then I try to fill that void with every kind of relationship I can whether that's being a Southsider in my city, okay? <laughs> or whether that's being, you know, a fan of a certain football team, okay? Yeah, right? So try However, for I, belonging. I, I need to belong. Like, that's my team. You might yeah. have never met any of them. They may not know who the heck you are, but suddenly there's this sense of, okay? And we look outside ourselves uh, for our tribes and, and our fit. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Uh, don't hear it that way. I'm just saying that if we don't understand that ultimately in any human condition, in the human consciousness, there is a time and space. So whatever begins will end. Mm -hmm. And so that team may move somewhere else or... You know, uh, there'll be the death of something or someone sometime. And if you had your sense of connection through that outside source, that person, that place, the pet, the right, that you made them the source of your connection, you're setting yourself up for a lot of grief, a lot of pain, a lot of misery, right? Um, yeah. Right? And uh, uh, So what I have found, and I found that with clients in session work, uh, that once again, if I can ask people to do a 180 and, and start the journey without distance, 
and start to get to reconnect with themselves. That that term self-connection leads to self-realization. Who am I? Who truly am I? And within that, there's a huge... I am that. Yes, right? (laughs) It's a huge celebration of the individual. See, I I hear out there that somehow we must become... um, we must lose our identities in order to become one, you know, our, our, and I, I don't agree with that. I think that, like I said, why would I want ice to change its characteristics and qualities? You know, because it's because of the quality of ice that I appreciate it in that form, especially in a good drink. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I don't want steam yeah. and I don't want water. I want ice. So, when it takes that form, it brings to me a gift. See? So when each one of us takes on a form, we bring a quality that's unique to us. And as an individual, uh, we can really get into the world and begin to uh, uh, bring that gift of who we are as an individual in this form, in, in, in whether it's a male or female form, whether it's a dark or light form, all of it. There are no accidents. And can we now let this form um, be the vehicle through which we bring our individuality into the world, but only in the context of the awareness that every thought, deed, and action is impacting the whole. It's almost like I'm a pixel in a picture or a painting. Okay, I, it just yeah. came to me. So if I was a pixel in a painting, I could say, well, it doesn't matter today. Yeah, I don't need to show up. I don't give a, you know, hoot. I, 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 no, I'm going to do this without regard to the, the full painting and all the other pixels that have come together to create that beautiful piece. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm still not individual and that I don't have a rightful place. And without me, there would be a pixel missing, right? So it's not that I don't belong. It's not that I don't have a function. It's just that that function is within a larger function. And and it's like a chain saying that, you know, you've got a link in there. If you have a renegade link in a chain, guess what? Or someone in a marching band that decides to march in the opposite direction. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> you know. Right? Yeah. It's their own tune. And so uh, I feel that we have really lost our way on this planet. And this is not from a week or 10 days ago or last two years. It's, it's for the last two, three, four millennia. Look at how many um, masters of light have come down and tried to get across to us that do not get fooled by the illusion of separation. That every time you have a harmful thought, deed, or action. Okay, so let's put it within the karmic context. Because therefore, when I hurt you, and in my energy training course, when I have people do a specific exercise in which they are projecting hurtful thoughts to someone, oh, everybody suddenly springs wings and, and halos, and they're like, oh, my God, no, I'm, I couldn't do that, Tarun. How can you ask me to do that to Steve? I mean, I'm, I would never. And I'm like, get over yourself. You do it all the time. I'm just asking you to intentionally be judgmental and mean to Steve, right? Uh, it's, and, and, but we're going to experience what that feels like. And here's the interesting thing. I'm giving some stuff away. So please, people, still come to my program. We'll have fun. I I don't want to give you the punchline, but it's very interesting what people discover. I've taught this worldwide in different cultures um, to academics, to everyday people, like in every kind of context for the last 35 years. And I've always had this feedback that while I was thinking all these mean and awful things to this person sitting across from me and the other person uh, felt they didn't know what was happening, but they they were able to stop and say, "Hey, I could feel my neck tightening, or my stomach started to hurt, or you know, we consciously felt how we and where we registered what they were doing." And sometimes a person could graphically explain to you what the other person was doing without knowing. Okay, but guess what? Here's the kicker: the person who was sending out the negativity 
let's just use that word, felt deflated. Mm-hmm. They, they, it actually drained them of vital life force energy. So there's a huge cost to being evil, yeah. if I want to put it in big words. It's not a free ride. I might get away with it. I might be able to be mean to you and and be greedy and use and abuse and get my way. But my famous question is at what cost? And we are able to identify energetically how much it costs me every time I beam you with a mean, unkind thought. Because ultimately, you are me and I am you. Right, and that's what as a Bhagavad Gita says, if you can see the God or the oneness in everyone, then you can never do any harm. And and therefore, yeah. let's go down that road. So what does that mean? You know, in the Hindu tradition, we have a traditional greeting, which has become very popular worldwide, and I'm very happy about it. And it's the namaste. So what is a namaste? Okay, when I meet you, on the street or you come to my home, when you're arriving or leaving, I can say, Namaste, Steve. And first of all, you notice what happens. I take two individual entities and I bring them together to make them one. So Mm -hmm. right away, the symbolism is oneness. And the Namaste is a way for me to be reminded that I am a soul, I'm an energy in a form, I'm a light being, and the soul in me, who I am, sees the soul that you are, the light that you are, and I'm acknowledging that we are both of the same essence. We come from the same source, the one. Yeah. So by doing that, it's an immediate reminder not to get caught up in the drama of the human consciousness, which sees you as separate. And therefore, I can hurt you with impunity because uh, it doesn't matter to me. I stepped on his foot. You know, it hurt him. Yeah. And we don't realize karma is at play 24-7. And the hurt that may come back to me may result in a broken leg. Right, And I may not be able to link the two. But there is a divine order and an intelligence in the universe. And there are consequences to every thought, deed, and action. And honestly, I'm just, I'm just a coward. I behave myself because I understand that. <laughs> so even so, if I want to so, step on your foot, <laughs> I go... So what, what we really need is a karma police. <laughs> right? The, the karma patrol, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. And and are yeah. we so if we if we have the awareness that you know there's a saying it's just wonderful. You know when you want to discipline a younger person or how oh, what the heck even an older person, and you don't want to come back down as the heavy, like I don't want to come and say you. I'll just say, um, hey little Steve, um, yeah, I see what you're doing. I. Uh, I just want, you know, I just want to ask you, you you know that God's watching, <laughs> right? You you know that yeah. God's watching, right? It's like, I just, I just want to point it out, okay? So what happens is that, can we be in that awareness that there isn't a thought, deed, or action that is private in, in, in the karmic universe and that everything is being recorded? Not to be used against us per se, but basically it's a debit credit system. And if you go and create a lot of debits in your bank account, and then at the end of the year, you come crying to me about the mean bank, how awful they are, because you went in there and you you wanted this and you couldn't get this, and you're blaming them, where you were the one who had the control over the credits and the debits, right? And I'd say, well, Steve, you might want to look at what your actions were for the year leading up to this. Okay, That mm-hmm. karma is just a neutral record, but a swift one. So even from a self-interest point of view or a selfish point of view, there is a disadvantage in 
in, in being hurtful or harmful in your thinking to yourself and others. But again, if we didn't see others as separate from ourselves, uh, I think our thinking would change drastically. Well, you know? That, you know, I mean, in the Vedic teachings, again, in the Rig Veda, in the, in the, there's a story, I'll paraphrase it. It was very, very powerful, but a concept that is very, very difficult to embrace, okay? You know, so there's Lord Brahma had a son, and, and, and uh, that son was out there doing his thing. He was quite a master, and he had a disciple. So every, and these guys live forever, by the way. So, you know, he would this he would um, disguise himself and show up on the scene at his disciples, wherever he lived. And, and, and as a wanderer, as a sage, he would ask him some questions. Of course, he was there to teach him something. So one day he shows up near the outskirts of his town and he sees that his disciple is on the outskirts, away from all the activity and kind of doing something. And he goes up to him and goes, hey, you know, what's happening, bud? Like, what's going on here? He goes, oh, you know, there's this whole entourage. The king is here and the king is here with his elephant. And 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 and, and there's all these people around and there's this huge kerfuffle going on. So, you know, and he goes, well, so who's the king and who's the, you know, elephant? And, 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 and the guy, and so... You know, the student looks at him and goes, well, over there, you know, the elephant is this, this uh, well, the king is on the elephant. See, you know who's the king and the elephant because the king is on the elephant. And he says to him, well, I'm, I, I'm still not sure about something. And, you know, the guy says, look, you know, it's, you know, and, and he said, no, I understand what you're trying to tell me, but could you please explain to me a bit better, okay? Who's the king and how do I know who's the king and the elephant? So this student jumps on his back because he was trying to explain to him the concept of, well, the elephant is below him, the king's on top, right? So he jumps on his back, says, look, I'm on top, you're below me, so that would be the king and the elephant. And what did the teacher say? But could you explain to me who you are and who I am? Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, like, yeah. Very, very deep. It takes a minute to catch that. So you've yeah. given me this relationship of the king on the elephant. You've even displayed it by climbing on my back. But I'm still not getting that I'm not you and you're not me. So so could you explain to me who you are and who I am? So then I can understand who's on top and who's at the bottom. It just blew my mind. It blew my mm-hmm. mind. I, and, and that's those are words of enlightenment. At that point, the student got it that this was my teacher in disguise because there's nobody else could have come up with that. Right. right. So I can say, well, what don't you get? Like, I'm on top and this is this and, and that entity is this and I'm this entity. And, and suddenly it was stopped in the tracks by this. Uh, okay, okay, but please just let me know you know, in a sense, where you are and where I am or who you are and who I am. And how is it that I'm not you and you're not me? Game over. So that's the pinnacle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can we walk into our lives and treat each other, let alone ourselves, with that kind of awareness that essentially, they call it heresy, (laughs) but essentially not that I want to be like God, like Neil Donald Walsh and his conversations with God was very clear with his conversations, I think, where God said, no, no, see, again, as long as you keep on seeking and trying to be like me, you're keeping me, you're separating me out, and that's the illusion, okay? Because actually, you are me, and I am you. See, we're not separate. We never were. So stop trying to be God-like. Stop trying to meet God. Stop trying to emulate something because you're already it. Now, for some people, that's that's a huge stretch, especially if you've been brought up to think that you're this deficient, handicapped human that... You know, yeah, let's has a change. long way to go. <laughs> right. Let's change the use of the word God to the word love. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And so, for example, 
Um, you know how I talk about riding the train and how it's my uh, my university classroom. Oh, the train in the city uh, here, going around the city, sure. Right. So I okay. see so many, uh, I get so many great lessons when I'm on the train. And a few days ago, I was on the train and I happened to look across and there was a, a fella down on his luck um, on the opposite side of the train. He was obviously trying to get some shelter from the cold weather outside. Okay. And I was observing other people. Uh, no one would make eye contact with them, you know, almost as if they were ignoring them. And the guy had to look across and I looked at him and smiled. And in that moment, he smiled back. And right there in that moment, there was a sense of separation. And there was a recognition of our shared being. And it's that old saying, there but for the grace of God go I. You know, and... So the separation was, not, was gone. Like suddenly was there was gone no completely. separation. It was oneness. And, you know, as one of my sort of teachers, John D. Martini, likes to say, if you can spot it, you've got it. And don't think for a moment you don't have it. Wow. You know, Powerful. and so... yes. You know, we, we tend to run infatuation or resentment. We look at, you know, our idols, our celebrity idols, our soccer players, you know, tennis idols, whatever. Yes. And we run infatuation. But then we see some poor chap with a guy that was sat across from me on the train. And we run resentment. We put them in a pedestal or we put them in a pit. And we yes. think... But the thing is, we look at the celebrity, the successful athlete, and we think they've got something I don't have. And mm -hmm. we look at the, you know, the poor homeless guy, and we think he's got something I don't have. But both of them are an illusion. And as John says, if you can spot it, you've got it. Now, can you find it and own it and love it? Because it makes you who you are as a human being. Because every human being has got every human trait. Okay. You know, so I look at the fellow who I was assuming was homeless, and I'm asking myself, where am I homeless? Ah, okay. When I'm in other people's business, like we were talking about the other day. Yes. In your own business, where am I homeless? Mm-hmm. And then if you flip it to the other direction and say, well, who sees me as a celebrity or who sees me as super successful in what I do. You know, and maybe it's someone I've helped in a coaching session. Yes. You know, or help someone, you know, who were on the brink of a divorce and they come together in love again. Um, so each one of us has got all of those traits, which we keep going back again to the mirrors of our relationships, you know, and, um, you know, I think this is a, the, the secret is to when we really find that connection, that's, you're saying that self-connection, but this connection with others, you start to recognize that the world is nothing but a reflection of yourself. Absolutely. Uh, that's been my recognition and realization, not only from the philosophy of reading and studying that, but actually living it. Yeah, and so what you do to other people, you do to yourself. You know, it's simple. Um, but you mentioned earlier on about, you know, football. You know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a great football fan. And that's something that has is, is always intrigued me. You know, when you're in a football match and there's 60,000 people in there and you're supporting your team and you're all singing and you're, you know, dancing with one another and hugging one another when the team scores and whatever Yes. And yeah, you know, the biggest majority of these people you've got absolutely nothing in common with. No. Nope. Except <laughs> that connection to that team. You know, and so again, this is where all the separation, all the judgments all drop away and you come together for that moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, as, you know, 60,000 fans singing a song together 
But I mean, it's an absolutely incredible feeling. You spoke about energy moving, the energy yes. that goes through your body and that is unbelievable. And you can't, I mean, words can't justify it. Until you've experienced it, you can't possibly describe it, you know? Um, like it's a bit like chocolate cake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, uh, Ken, you have to experience it to really know. Right. Uh, right. But really... Um, <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> so what do you think, Tarun, is... What do you think people need to do? Because the world has become so... Divided. Polarized. Yes, polarized. Yeah. yeah. Right. And... Uh, What's one to do uh, to, well? Well, it's, that's, that's the question. What do you call that? The, the million-dollar question, in a sense, yeah. because, look, the process of growing in awareness is just literally that a process. Now, it depends on where an individual is in their own growth. You know, we, we are all here to unfold and flower and grow. That's the whole idea here. And all of us grow at different ways and different levels under different circumstances. So uh, for me, when I have clients and they come from all different levels of awareness, but something brings them to a point and may, perhaps it's just, you know, there's a certain level of pain that hits. Right, and then you think, okay, I, it's, point. yeah, right. It's a tipping point that 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 I can't ignore this anymore, and I mustn't. Or if when it hurts enough, or when it hurts for long enough, or when you're on your sixth mate, or when you're on your fifteenth alimony, or whatever it is that you know, it takes a person to go. Maybe I have something to do with this. <laughs> I mean, what a concept, right? Maybe the common denominator here. Perhaps it would be worth having a look. I can't imagine a session, and I've done thousands, where somewhere along the line, we haven't, after we've assessed, done a good assessment of the story, of the factors, of the players, of the play-by-play -play of the past and the present, and for some people, the future, because they've already got it mapped out, right? I mean, after we've done all of that, there's a few foundational principles I bring people's attention to, let's put it this way, their awareness to. And being individual but not separate is one of those. It's a foundational piece. If we are to move out of the struggle, the pain, the misery, or the constant resentment, frustration, anger, and then, you know, these situations when they escalate or they become supercharged, either we hurt others or hurt ourselves. And we can hurt ourselves in, in developing psychosis and all kinds of things. I mean, there's many levels in which uh, the system has to cope if we don't naturally flow with these energies in their right context, okay? It's, and it's not that, like, like when we talk about acceptance, right? It's not that it means you have to agree with or love everything and everyone. But it yeah. really is the recognition that there's a dynamic here to which I'm giving up my power and my peace of mind and my sanity. And if I can at least begin by saying that even though I don't agree with this, this is still part of my, my little boat. You know, that you're two guys in the boat. Like, this is still in my boat. Like, we're all in yeah. the same boat. Boat. Yeah. And therefore, I have to be very aware how I choose to deal with it. Because if I go to even blow up their side of the boat, there's no such thing. <laughs> do, do you see? It's not like, well, that's yeah. it. I'm going to just take a stick of dynamite. And I'm going to blow up their side of the boat because they have it coming. See? Yeah. So every time someone is out to uh, take revenge or be harmful or, or in somehow behave in a way... I just remind them that literally we are on the same boat. And, and so you need to, from a self-preservation point, understand that every thought, deed, and action is going to end up mirroring back to you a certain reality. So I 
I, 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 when people think about separation because they don't want to lose their sense of individuality and they get it confused is what I'm trying to say here. So that's why, again, I use those words. Hey, don't worry, you're an individual and that's great. You're individual, but you're not separate. Right. See, so putting those two in in the same sentence starts to bring us to our senses. That even though I think the neighbor here, you know, is, and you can fill in the blank, right? And so, you know, that person over there and the person in my complex and, you know, only if, you know, every time I start having unkind thoughts, regardless of whether that person is behaving in a kind manner or not, it's not about their behavior. It's about my behavior and how, uh, what energy I want to invest in. I can acknowledge something, but I don't have to have a charge to it. Exactly. And I have found that when I changed the energy around, the judgment around a situation, it was amazing how things shifted in a way that I couldn't have anticipated. Because something registers even on the other side. Because the disturbance on the energy field determines how you feel, which then determines the actions you take or don't take, which determines the results that you get. That's right. Exactly. So if I just sort of park my judgment and my resentment and my critical mind and my my condescension and whatever else, you know, no matter how justified it seemed, right? If I just decide not to go there and instead I just choose to kind of go within myself and go, you know, what is this here to show me about me and my life right now? What is the gift in it? Okay. Doesn't mean I like it. Doesn't mean I agree with it. Doesn't mean I won't deal with it in the appropriate manner. Okay. But I don't have to invest the energy in it because at the end of the day, that energy is critical in determining, you know, how things are going to play out over time and in the big picture. So. And where have you done the same thing? And where, and and you know what? I really don't like that question because. You know, when I when I feel you cheated me and I have proof, okay, then I feel quite right in blaming you and wanting to go after you and 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 being righteous and why not? And I mean, I have proof, right? Well, but what have you cheated yourself? Well, see, there's that question. It drives me crazy, and yet I know it needs to be asked. I know that if we're to be consistent with how you and I see life in the world and the whole game that's been set up here. Somebody could not have been cheating me unless somewhere I was cheating on myself, period. Exactly, yeah. And that may sound hugely radical to people. (laughs) I love this quote I saw the other day. It was by Damien Mark Smith, or Smythe. And he says, we're one. We've always been one. We always will be one until we think we are not. Again, right back to the source code, which is my thought. Okay. So if tomorrow I was to walk out of my home and take a day and just constantly affirm my oneness with everyone and everything, I'm really curious to see how the day would unfold. Mm. Okay. Smile at everyone you meet with a meet them with a smile and watch the reaction. There you go. You were asking, so what do people need to do? It's a decision. It's a choice. It is an action that we can consciously take. And and it's an energy that we can share. What do they say? It doesn't cost anything. And actually, the rewards are huge. That's why I loved living in Thailand, the land of smiles. Yes. You know, and- Right. Everywhere you walk in the street or you walk in the mall, people yes. meet you with a smile. And it's right? so uplifting. It really makes your day, you know, and something as simple as a smile. And you never know what that person's going through. Mm-hmm. And that smile could be the thing that kept them alive. You know, it's interesting you say that. I have a policy for myself that I follow, and that is that uh, when I have to get on the phone, uh, like like I just had to do it earlier today with the credit card company, um, (laughs) and yeah, 
Now you think you're going to have a hear a story, right? And and but I they they did something very strange, and they they went and took more payments out. And the way they did it, it was very strange. I've never kind of seen this play out. And I was like, wait a minute here. There's all of this money of mine that they have taken. And they also took what I prepaid and they took this and they took, and like, what are they doing? It was, it was really kind of strange and it was a significant amount. But I have a policy that as unhappy as I might feel about it or as frustrated as if maybe it's happened a few times or whatever I'm feeling about it, I am going to choose at the time when that person answers that phone to be kind and to be civil and to be go into an inquiry and ask for their support rather than rather than put them in their place for behaving and doing uh, what they did, okay? In, in, instead of being righteous and blaming and affronted and power tripping, okay? Um, no matter how frustrated I might be, and it's not that I'm being fake or false or being nice in order to, it's just genuinely, I, I like to talk to that person. When they say their name, I like to repeat it back. And I'd like to, I genuinely say, how's your day going? You know, and uh, hey, we have something here we need to look at. It's kind of crazy, you know, and I really hope you can fix it, right? I mean, you know, and 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 because that's how I'd like to be treated. Let's say something happened here inadvertently or otherwise, and, and I get called regarding some of the, you know, I make oils, I have a line of oils, I have things. Who knows what somebody experiences and whether it had more to do with them or misusing it or whether it had to do with me, it doesn't matter. But the way somebody calls in and expresses what went on for them is going to determine how I'm going to respond to them, number one. And again, so I'm just saying, I just have a policy that, you know, be kind and 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 and, and listen and, and, and treat that person with a certain amount of respect, just as another human being who's not separate from you. And more often than not, things get worked out in a wonderful way. Even sometimes when I don't get what I need or they can't do something for me, there's never a bad feeling. See, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So can you imagine conducting ourselves in that manner? In life? Yeah. Yeah, the world would be a nicer place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I really feel that the separation is... Another word for pain. I really do. You know, when a part of your shoulder separates, you understand that. Okay. Yeah. But when I get disenfranchised or lose sovereignty from myself, and I don't even know who I am, why I am, or what I'm here for, or even if I have a context or a, or, or or is there a purpose, or am I just a mistake? Okay. That's where the feeling of despondency, separation, loneliness, disconnection comes in. Right? And it's funny, though, because when you're in that state, one of the quickest ways to change that state is to go help someone else. Yes, 100%. Because that someone else is actually you. Uh, yeah. I don't want to sound too artsy about it or kind of yeah. metaphysical, but... I really want to bring this point home, right? You're helping someone else, but actually, kindness. right? You're helping yourself, right? Yeah. And 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 in that process, it uplifts. You know, um, we are in a world where you're taught that at any cost, win the race, right? Right, like that's kind of the the under whether you uh, you know I've been to I've had a few degrees behind me. I was in law school for God's sakes. Need I say more? You want to go to law yeah. school to see the trained Dobermans getting trained to run the race <laughs> and you know bite anything in its way? Okay, so believe me, in law school you're an individual. They rank you every term. They rank you, so it's all in public to see where you ranked and your marks. That's how they really. It's not about how do we all rank together, right? There's no such thing. 
And yet, I don't know about you, but there's something inside us that knows the truth of our being and knows that we are love, that we win when the other wins. And I saw a beautiful graphic example of that when I was on social media. And this is a clip that has gone all over the world. And if we had it, I would have loved to have played it for our people. But it's a, it's a race, a, a foot race. You know, what do we call those um, 800 meter or something like that? You know, where there's uh, those people with long legs and speed and they're racing. And the point of the race is to win, right? Obviously. So this clip showed that a gentleman who was in the lead and you know about to win the race got disoriented. Something happened. And he just lost his way. And his fellow competitor, who could have used that opportunity to win the race, right, and say, well, too bad, he actually stopped, righted him, and helped him across the finish line. Across the finish line. And that was so touching. It was so moving. And I, it, and I think it moves you because there's a resonance, resonance inside us that is programmed in the form of our soul consciousness that we are here not to win the race, but to help the other win the race. And can you imagine if you and I and all of us were programmed to help the other win yeah. the race, we all win. Yeah. And that's a win-win. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, definitely. definitely. Like the joy. And I will remember that way more than the person three years ago who came, got the gold on the, you know, it, because to me, that is the journey here. Can we begin to let go of this really um, egocentric notion of I and me, an individual. So this is another way I say to my people, I said, you're having some pain, you're having some suffering, you've noticed some legitimate dynamics, but I need you to start to approach the situation first from a reframe. And the reframe is that you're individual, but you're not separate from the source of your pain. Yeah. Let's start to actually practice that awareness and then see how you can reframe your thinking and therefore your actions in that situation. And if, which means stop trying to change them or it, <laughs> right? I'm reading the, the book, The Way Right Now um, by Michael Berg. And uh, there's a great line in there where he says, our goal, our purpose, and our only reason for being in the world is to transform our desire to receive for ourselves alone into a desire to share, and by doing so, to become one with the creator. Wow, that is on point, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, He's, he's, he's captured that beautifully. Yeah. So when we're in alignment with our uh, being, our soul consciousness, mm -hmm. if our soul consciousness fuels us in this world, rather than the human consciousness, this is when we become in alignment and harmonized with the truth that we're individual but not separate. And in doing so, and having that desire, as he says, to give as we would like to receive, everyone prospers. Everybody wins. And there's no lack. And therefore, there is no separation. So I would love people to do an inventory of where there is pain in their lives, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Look at where they're feeling pain and then start to investigate where they have, where is the separation aspect of that? Where have they, like you said, elevated somebody to be higher than me, better than me, lower than me? Just like this student was saying to the master, well, he's above him. He's on top, you know, yeah. and, and this guy's going, I don't know what you're talking about. And, oh, by the way, who's him and who's me? <laughs> so this whole thing about top, bottom, above, below, higher, 
he basically made the point that I am spirit. I don't come from anywhere. I don't go anywhere. I am everywhere because I am creator. I am creation. I am. I am. There you go. So the I am, the significance of that. Therefore, you know, when it comes to life and death, we're never born. We never die. Yeah. We're eternal. We are the I am. And as we can start to embrace that, our fears get to dissipate. And when our fears start to dissipate, that whole sense of me having to keep you on your side of the street because there's us and them disappears. It becomes our street. So I think we'll do an episode on fear and explore a little bit about how that plays out in this whole story. But I think for today, um, we probably stirred uh, (laughs) a few pots too many. And uh, a good investigation here to think that the solutions to all that is ailing us on the planet right now is as close as the guru within and the I am presence. I am that, you are that, all this is that, and that's all there is. Om Tat Sat. Namaste. Until next time, my friend. Take care. All the best. We trust you found practical value in this podcast and will enthusiastically share it with others in your circle. And if you are so moved, leave us a review or write a post on social tagging hashtag Chai Chat Podcast and we will show our appreciation. Promise. Tarun Puri and Steve Harvey welcome you to join us for a Chai Chat at all of our live events and more. Connect with us with your questions, topic suggestions, and reviews at info at chaichatpodcast.com.